the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Great to be with you this morning. It is chilly out and it's dark and early, but it's such a pleasure and a privilege to be with you today and to offer up a chance for the very first reactions to the final vote held Late last night at, oh, after midnight, Eastern Time. Which means it was after 10 o'clock Mountain Time. When the 15th and final round of voting was going on. And I say 15th and final because, and it seems like it was Donald J. Trump who swooped in and helped sort of save the day in terms of preventing the Republicans from extending this vote into Monday. Because, gosh, here's what's going on. Bottom line, we have Speaker McCarthy in a vote of 216 to 212 to six present votes, including Colorado's Lauren Boebert, Kevin McCarthy clinched the speakership, keeping it in the hands of a Californian post-Pelosi's reign. It was dicey. In fact, I have never seen anything like this in my observations of politics over the past 20 years. Where... You literally had the 15th vote going on. And it looked like McCarthy was going to before the 15th vote. It looked like McCarthy wasn't going to get it. They were going to adjourn. Because in the 14th vote, they didn't have it. It wasn't there. Then they have a vote to adjourn. And literally, down to the wire, zero minutes. McCarthy, I think, is the one to run down to their box where they have cards. And he pulls out a red card and and basically signals, stop, stop, we're not going to adjourn. Vote no. Change your vote. So then north of 40, Republicans change their votes from, yes, they wanted to adjourn until Monday, to know and the 15th round of voting is set to happen it was remarkable because you also had an instance during the 14th round towards the end of the 14th round of voting where speaker to be although at that point he was not kevin mccarthy goes up to Matt Gates. Something's going on with Matt Gates, and he's sitting next to Lauren Boebert. And McCarthy goes up to Gates, and it's tense. Gates has his hand, and he's pointing and arguing. 
And then Mike Rogers seems to be wanting to lunge at Gates and is stopped by another member who even grabs his face. I don't know. Is it like a hockey game that was going on? It was pretty crazy to watch. Here is a little bit of I was looking around for what kind of coverage was there of what was happening during this little bit of a scuffle because I've never seen anything like it. And MSNBC had the most interesting one minute of coverage. Take a listen to how they were doing it as it happened. Uh, Republicans were fairly confident that this would be the one uh, in which this would conclude. They would then swear in the members of the House. They would then pass the rules package and the House of Representatives for this session would begin. That has not happened. Look at this. There's finger pointing going on. Matt Gates is pointing at, at uh, McCarthy. A crowd is gathering around them. Uh, McCarthy obviously trying to implore Gates at this point to do something. And I wish there was audio with this. Ali Vitale, what are you what are you hearing about what's going on right now? Texting every number in my phone of people who might know what's going on here. It almost looked like he was asking, what do I have to do for your vote? But I mean, look, we all know what's happening here, which is that Kevin McCarthy in real time is as close as you can be. And he seems like at least at this point, he is not over the finish line. And, and he's walking away there. He's look at somebody yeah. holding somebody back. Look at that. Oh, somebody just held somebody back. Stephanie, just look at that. It looks like a fight breaking out on the floor. You and I should reenact that. Wow. It was quite stunning, but really it looked like Kevin McCarthy had the votes. Now, earlier in the day, and this was before the 14th round, he was very bullish. He was saying that the reason why he felt very confident was because he can count. Earlier in the morning, he said this. Mr. Leader, how are we feeling today? I feel good. I think you're going to see an improvement in the vote today. We have a couple members who unfortunately are out, so we're uh, seeing those progress. What, what can you tell us about this emerging deal that you were discussing with your conference earlier today? Well, it's things that we've been talking about. It's got a rule package we talked about earlier. Um, I think it makes us only stronger in the long run. Do you feel as though there are certain, are, are you sort of triaging some votes? Do you think there are some members who are less serious, perhaps, about getting to yes than others? No, I think everybody wants to get there. I mean, everybody has, they run for office because they want to be able to accomplish things. And getting this done will make us accomplish what we, our commitment to America. And, and do you worry the message this might send to the rest of the country that Republicans aren't ready to govern? No, no. Uh, you know, my father always told me one thing. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how you start yet, it's how you finish, which is something he also mentioned when finally being sworn in very late last night. Again, after midnight, the vote was finalized in the 15th round. But it was quite striking because earlier on in the day, you had the, was it the the 13th? round of voting that happened where it's hard to remember which ones happened on which days at this point but in the 13th round of voting you had a number of republicans who switched who made the move to mccarthy about 13 i think made the switch yesterday 
And among these individuals was Sparks, the one who had been voting president. It became 214, 212, and then 6 for Jim Jordan. Now, of course, Jim Jordan had been supporting McCarthy and brushing off any claims for him to be speaker. He says, I don't want it. I don't want it. But in the end, and he wasn't even nominated. In the 13th round, McCarthy and Jeffries, the Democrat, were nominated, but Jordan was not. Yet there were six votes, Colorado's own Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates among them, who were the key holdouts. Then he got to the 14th round, and here's how that one broke down when it happened yesterday evening. McCarthy was at 216. And I, I should take a step back because I'm, I'm looking here at the list to remind myself. The 12th round, I think, did happen yesterday, too. And that's when you had most of the flips, the 13. Then you had an additional flip in the 13th round. That's right. And then in the 14th round, it broke down. McCarthy got 216. Jeffries got 212. Then Jim Jordan got two, Andy Biggs got two, and there were two present votes. Boebert and Gates both voted present. Now it seems like somebody, Gates maybe, was originally supposed to vote for McCarthy and sew this thing up because it was getting tenuous. Present means you're not voting. You're, you're abstaining from the vote, which means you're lowering the threshold that was needed in order to clinch the speakership. But there's a point at which you need the, needed the vote. There was talk that Rosendale might have been the one to flip, that he was supposed to vote for McCarthy, but instead voted for, I think, Andy Biggs. And so that's when the 14th round ended and you had the near fisticuffs, the scuffle on the House floor, which was quite stunning to see. Then you get to the adjournment vote, and I've never seen anything like it. Literally, zero, zero, zero on the clock. And suddenly there's McCarthy stopping the process, and instead of adjourning for Monday, which, let's be real... If you adjourn to Monday, what do you have? You have a few things. One, Saturday and Sunday, the Sunday talk shows, all they get to talk about is will the Republicans get their acts together? Will the Republicans finally do what they need to do in terms of sewing up this leadership race so they can actually get sworn in and do the people's business? You also would have had... Joe Biden being able tomorrow to go down to El Paso, Texas, without anybody in Congress being sworn in in the House of Representatives to accompany him. I am hoping that McCarthy will go down there as the Speaker of the House with with Joe Biden and be that Republican accompaniment. Now, Donald Trump definitely has some big responsibility for what happened last night there is a picture that has been circulating of congresswoman marjorie taylor green of georgia holding her phone which clearly says dt 
to Rosendale, the congressman from, oh, I forget what state Rosendale's from. And Rosendale appears to brush away the phone call. But what appears to be the case is that Donald Trump was on the phone to talk to the six holdouts to say, you guys really need to at least vote present. We need to get this done. It is so much so that Kevin McCarthy has now thanked Donald Trump. I do want to especially thank President Trump, McCarthy said. I don't think anyone should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. He would call me and he would call me and he really was. I was just talking tonight, helping to get those final votes. So Donald Trump clearly played a pivotal role here. Why do you think that is? And isn't it important to recognize that Trump understood the value here in sewing this up, especially if you are in that group that considers yourself very strongly MAGA? Here's the big question that we will take on this morning as we get your reactions to the initial fallout and to the results. First reactions here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. One, what do you think of the result? Are you satisfied with it? Two, what does this tell you about the current state of the Republican Party? Three, what does this tell you about the influence of President Trump? Former President of the United States, but still very influential in the Republican Party among a certain cohort. And four, was it worth the embarrassment? I was talking about this yesterday when I filled in for Deborah Flora. There is embarrassment here, without a doubt, that comes from four days of the Republicans being unable to get a leader picked as the Speaker of the House in 15 rounds of voting and even having this whole adjournment thing. And having the would-be Speaker get into an argument on the floor of the House with a U.S. representative who's a pivotal vote? I mean, just to become Speaker? So with all of that from this week, I think... Republicans across the board not looking very good here. But with all of that from this week, there clearly is embarrassment, but maybe it was worth it because of a lot of the rules, changes, etc. that they were getting or claim that they had gotten. For example, here's one of the holdouts who switched over in, I think, the 12th round, Congressman Dan Bishop. And so I believe that with our votes and the ones that are continuing to work on, Kevin will become speaker and we'll immediately proceed to adopt a rules package that will begin the process of implementing this agreement by restoring the motion to vacate the chair as Thomas Jefferson conceived it before Nancy Pelosi got rid of it. We're undoing Nancy Pelosi's changes to the House and we're starting right away. Did you talk to him directly? Were these sort of direct negotiations that you had, you and and him? So understand, they began with rules change work back in, in July or August. 
We couldn't get any conversations for a long time, but yes, Kevin and I have personally had many conversations, and he's had many, many conversations with others as well. I would particularly give credit to Chip, uh, to uh, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, and to Chip Roy of Texas. I, I've never seen members work more effectively, diligently, and and uh, with great discipline to achieve this for the American people. Scott Perry and Chip Roy were in that group of 13 or so that initially flipped, who were long-standing holdouts and yesterday morning flipped to McCarthy. And clearly, based on what Bishop is saying, they were spearheading the negotiations in the House. So I, I'm curious about what those remaining six were really going for. Were they actually sort of never McCarthy, if you will? Never Kevin's, to use Lauren Boebert's term from earlier this week for when she was on George Brockler's show? What's the dynamic here from their perspective in terms of the six? We're going to take a break. When we come back, some surprising analysis from a college professor out of Florida in Miami, Florida, Barry University, political science professor, Dr. Sean Foreman will join us here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. And then we will open up the phones at 303-696-1971. Throughout the program, you can text in on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. You can also tweet at me 24-7-365. I'm at Sang Center. That's saying with an E, not an A, Center on Twitter. And a couple ways to email yours truly. There's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page on the 710 K. US website and there's my website you go to the contact page there jimmysangenberger.com keep in mind there's no a i or u in sangenberger it's all e's all the time once you know that sangenberger is easy we'll pick it up on the other side news talk 710 knus just getting started you know it does kind of feel like nighttime to me it is dark out I got about two and a half hours of sleep because I was cutting audio and closely following the shenanigans on the House floor last night. But we've got good news as Buddy Guy's singing. At least in my view, it's good news. We've got a resolution. Congress, the Republicans in Congress can get to work doing their oversight responsibilities. They can march ahead in holding the Biden administration accountable. They can theoretically, I hope he does this, send now Speaker Kevin McCarthy to the southern border as Joe Biden's Republican accompaniment so that Biden can't just look like he's some sort of savant on the border or somebody who's taking this seriously for crying out loud two years the guy's never been to the border and now he's doing so amidst the perception of republican chaos over the past several days but it is sewed up and the deal was cut it got a little messy we were talking about i was doing my best on little sleep to remember and break down yesterday's whirlwind of events. But needless to say, the 15th round of balloting, it was 216 votes for McCarthy, 212 votes for Jeffries, and six present votes, including Colorado's own Lauren Boebert and Florida's Matt Gates. So 
why not have a conversation with a Colorado and yours truly and a Floridian about what went on in the U.S. House over the past several days and whether it's a good thing that it got a little messy out in public. There's an argument to be made that, you know, sometimes you embarrass yourself, but it's ultimately for the greater good. Something better happens. Maybe that's the case here. But let's dive into it and get some political analysis from Dr. Sean Foreman. He is professor of political science at Barry University in Miami, Florida, and joins me now. Good morning, Sean, and welcome to the show. Happy New Year. Good morning, Jimmy. Happy New Year to you. It's great to speak with you again. It's great to have you. It's been a really long time. I was like, you know what? I I messaged you and you responded. And then I said last night and I said, you know, can you come on and, and talk about this? It's crazy. And especially interesting, given that it seems two of the absolute most pivotal players last night were Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates. Boebert of Colorado, Gates of Florida, you're a Floridian. So with that in mind and with your political science hat on, sort of what's your big picture takeaway from what we saw this week? Well, 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 um, the dust is just settling. <laughs> All right? And they're just cleaning up that House floor from that long week and 15 votes. Um, and so... Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of concern that what we just saw play out here bodes poorly for Republicans and for the country. People are going to say they couldn't even decide on a speaker uh, without going through the shenanigans. And so how are they going to ever pass a bill? I just I don't um, get that worked up about it. At at first, I thought this was going to be really problematic and and uh, cause Republicans a, a lot of problems moving forward. But. You know, Jimmy, I really think that it was healthy to have this Florida belt debate, as embarrassing, as uh, messy, um, you know, as long as it took. We haven't done that, or the country hasn't seen that in 100 years. Deals are made in back rooms, smoke-filled back rooms. They, they cut deals that we have no idea what they are, and then they come out and, and they do a ceremonial vote. So, uh, look, it would have been nicer to, to have consensus behind McCarthy uh, vote him in immediately and get to work uh, on a unified agenda. Yes, um, but you know, that wasn't possible. They had to work this out. They had to pull along some more extreme members like like Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert, um, who had unprecedented um, uh, influence over this process. We haven't seen something like this before for you know, more junior members, uh, less senior members having that that um, power. So. All that to say this morning, Jimmy, that thank goodness we have a speaker. I think it would have been much worse if they uh, got if they voted to adjourn and go home for the weekend and we all speculate. Um, they have a speaker. Now they can get to work. And uh, it was it was it was messy, but I think it was healthy. Yeah, that's the thing that was coming up yesterday. I was uh, guest hosting for another colleague, uh, Deborah Flora. And with a listener, I was talking about the idea or the notion that It was embarrassing, and it's okay to admit for Republicans that it was embarrassing in many respects, but in the end, did some greater good get accomplished? The American people have been exposed to more of the sausage-making. We now are aware a bit more of the rulemaking process, some of the rules that may be changed. We are aware of some of the 
things that normally they keep from us, and that's not a bad thing to have that kind of transparency. In fact, it is a good thing, I think, to get a better understanding of that. Um, so there are some benefits coming from this. But let's look at the political fallout here from the perspective of a guy like Kevin McCarthy, who for four days and 15 rounds of voting, Professor Sean Foreman, he consistently has to wait. He loses. He can't line his people up. He nearly gets into uh, he was getting into an argument with Gates on the floor of the House. You had uh, another member of Congress who looked like he wanted to pummel Gates. I mean, so there was a lot of, of messiness there. And I mean, I w- I've been saying this all week. Nancy Pelosi never would have brought her speakership to the floor if she wasn't confident that she had the votes. And so the question is, how does McCarthy navigate these waters moving forward, given what happened this week and the discord that at least seems to be in existence right now in the Republican conference in the House? Well, it is going to be difficult. There's no doubt about that. A little bit of perspective, Um, you know, for one, Kevin McCarthy, Um, we know uh, that he got passed over for leadership before. Right. The last time Republicans picked a speaker um, when Paul Ryan uh, emerged as the white knight uh, consensus candidate because they couldn't get behind Kevin. So so there is a Kevin problem that will continue. Uh, You know, they're not going to like him any better. He he's not going to change. he, the, the problem I think many people have with, with Kevin McCarthy is he's a career politician who's done a nice job you know, uh, climbing the ladder, but he doesn't have accomplishments. Let's be real. He's, he's raised money and helped people get elected, which is important for the party, but you know, he's no serious legislative leader. So that, that's going to continue to be a problem. The other thing is um, why I'm not so worried about this, Jimmy, is I really see that this is just the continuation of of I'm going to call it the Tea Party movement that started in 2010. Uh, you know, we started with a group of 50 or so more conservative Republican lawmakers who were trying to pull the Republican Party uh, to the right to be more conservative, to be more true to principles of limited government, uh, cutting spending, uh, you know, social conservative principles. Talked about it for many years, but Bush Republicans, country club Republicans, didn't do these things. Right. No. Right. So so we get the election of Donald Trump in 2016, pulling the the party to the right. We get the election of more, um, uh, you know, Trump aligned representatives, uh, Gates and Boebert being examples. And so, um, you know, not not just Trump, but that wing of the party has succeeded in some of their principles. And that is like we were saying earlier, government should be uh, more transparent. You know, these deals shouldn't be happening. If they are, we should know more about them and we should limit our government spending. <laughs> so, um, again, I think that the the more conservative wing um, has won in drawing out these concessions uh, from the moderate part of the party, which never happened before. So that's that's the healthy part. Now, how do we move forward? How does McCarthy get votes to, to move forward? Well, uh, I think you, you need to start by by getting the investigations going that that motivated uh, Republican voters, um, you know, the border and immigration, highlight those issues, show the flaws of the administration and um, you know, stay united on the Republican side. 
when it comes to spending issues. So it's not going to be easy, but all that, what I'm trying to say there is we knew that going Mm -hmm. in. Kevin McCarthy was going to have a hard time getting the votes, and we saw it play out in front of our eyes. Again, we are talking with and getting some refreshing perspective from a college professor, Barry University professor of political science, Dr. Sean Foreman. Barry University is located in Miami, Florida. Let's talk about, you mentioned his name, Donald Trump. There is a picture that will now live in infamy of Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, speaking of that wing of the party you were talking about, holding her cell phone with the initials DT on it in front of Congressman Rosendale, and he appears to be waving off the call. Donald Trump got thanks last night, late in the night or early this morning, if you will, from Kevin McCarthy for his help here. This is pretty significant. It seems like... Trump is the reason why McCarthy was able to get those six present votes. What does this tell you about the influence of Donald Trump right now in the House of Representatives, especially in a tenuously small majority where you have this Tea Party wing, the Trumpian wing, whatever you want to call it, that is clearly willing to hold their ground in a way we really haven't seen before? Well, it's clear that Donald Trump still has influence in the Republican Party and in the nation and with um, certain representatives. That, that's clear uh, that he can help direct votes or direct agendas uh, of certain members. I don't know how far that extends. I don't know that we'll see a Trump agenda, you know, uh, morphing into the McCarthy agenda and, and coming out in the House. I thought it was fascinating. I was going to to tweet or something, Jimmy, before the vote started, how long before somebody nominates Donald Trump for speaker? And it, Gates uh, did it. <laughs> did it. Yep. Uh, unbelievable. I don't think it's a job that the former president wants, but, um, you know, it, it does show indeed that he's still part of the conversation. He's still influential. Um, I think we need to find out more reporting of what happened in those phone calls. Um, but he yes. he apparently you know helped uh, helped get the the final outcome well, and, and maybe all along we've known that right Trump Trump let Kevin twist in the wind all week. Mm. Oh, okay. So so you think Trump could have cracked the whip as it were more easily and gotten this thing sewn up sooner. Uh, even though he did, I mean, Lauren Boebert said it on the floor of the House. He had made calls saying you got to knock this off. But you think that he could have pressed harder earlier on, but he didn't. And eventually he came in when at the 11th hour, quite literally, he was able to help sew this up, or at least it seems to be the case. I think so. You know, I don't know for certain, but uh, again, it appears that Trump could have played a bigger role earlier in the week. I watched Gates in some of these interviews this week. Um, you know, they, they asked him, uh, you know, Laura Ingram asked him, what do you want? And uh, he really couldn't, he couldn't say. You know, after they got the motion to vacate down to one and uh, right. Gates wants to be a subcommittee chair, after that, what do you want? And, and they just wanted to keep poking at Kevin and make a point. Um, so I, I think, you know, Trump could have maybe got Gates to come down off the ledge a little bit earlier. Um, 
I don't know what this means moving forward. That's a whole other conversation. I'm right. sure we could have someday about Donald Trump running for president and Ron DeSantis and others. Yes, Trump actually, we need to do that, especially given the prospect of Ron, your governor, versus Don, the former president, as a possible uh, mano a mano fight for president of the United States. Um, real quick, I'm wondering, Professor Sean Foreman, where do you think we go from here? Because, of course, Joe Biden is visiting the border tomorrow for the first time in two years. I was struck by the contrast. This was the biggest concern that I had during the week of Biden. Seemingly the perception, not reality, but the perception being He's going to the border. He's on top of the border crisis here now versus the Republicans who can't even get a Speaker of the House selected and begin their work getting sworn in and so forth. Uh, Now that that's done, we've got him in Speaker McCarthy. Biden's going down to the border tomorrow. The work will begin in the House with the rules package discussion on Monday. Where do you think we go from here? Uh, I, I don't see any laws on immigration coming forward, right? We have to remember that with the division in the House, uh, still Democrats held the Senate. Uh, so it's going to be hard to get anything passed through Congress uh, to, to the president's desk if we want to get legislation. Um, I, I think it's going to be posturing for the most part. Uh, you know, I don't see anything on immigration, on guns, on, on social uh, issues coming to the forefront. They're really going to have to try to work together to increase the debt ceiling later this year. Uh, you know, we might not like it, but they're going to have to do it. So, uh, so Jimmy, I'm just not really optimistic. I hope we can get some small bills here and there, privacy uh, uh, on, on data protection. Um, but, you know, healthcare hopefully will, will still be a concern that they can work on. But I just don't see much common ground in immigration. Going to the border right now is just going to highlight the problem and it's going to have Republicans pointing at the failures of the administration, but it's not going to lead us to solutions. And so here's here's building off of that real quick final question, Professor. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think McCarthy moves forward? Because Clearly, there will be some members who he might view as intransigent at times because they realize, oh, look at the influence that we have. Who are those who are stronger on the right? However you want to define them, Trumpian, Tea Party, whatever. So does he go to Democrats more in the future in in a way that you might not expect? Or does he really try to corral this caucus in some sort of unified way on issue after issue? Well, that's what we're going to be watching to see. But I'm thinking that McCarthy, uh, you know, he was willing to be embarrassed. He was willing to go through this to become the speaker. Now he's the speaker and now he can he can act the way he wants to. And I I have a feeling that if he wants to get things done, he's probably going to have to work with some of those moderate Democrats um, to pass bills. And that's going to anger the the conservative wing. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. But I think McCarthy is going to play the center a little bit more than than Hmm. that wing expects him to. Hmm. Well, we shall see what happens indeed. And we'll have more conversations down the line with your professor, Sean Foreman of Barry University in Miami, Florida. Thanks so much for your time and your analysis this morning. Really appreciate it. 
Thanks for calling on me, Jimmy. Have a great day. You as well. Once again, Professor Sean Foreman is professor of political science at Barry University in Miami, Florida. And good to get his perspective, not one you normally get from college professor. So I appreciate that. We will have him back. All right. The rest of the show should be wide open for calls, texts. We've got more we'll talk about than just the results of the speaker vote. But what are your thoughts? Initial reactions. This is the first show on the air, your first opportunity to talk about Speaker McCarthy, the 15th vote, the vote to adjourn all of it. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. You are listening to The Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Give us a call, 303-696-1971. Keep it right here. News Talk, 710-KNUS. I'm thinking we can work it out. If the Republicans in Congress can figure it out and move on before the weekend from the debate over the speaker and get to the business of governing and their agenda... I think a lot of things can be worked out. Good old Albert Cummings bringing us back on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. We've got, oh, just about a couple of minutes here, so enough time to go to Marvin in Aurora. Good morning, Marvin. How are you? Uh, I was, I'm pretty good, Jimmy. Glad to hear you're in high spirits. You enjoying the music? No, not, not really. Okay. After I got the news, Marcy, that just took all the wind out of my head. Okay, why is that? Well, you know, I I guess you uh, don't like to hear everything Marvin says when he calls in and tells you about the evil GOP every time, Jimmy. But, uh, you know, at, at least you think we can work things out. And if you're all happy and chipper and you're pleased with your GOP, then that's what's important for you and KNUS. And your, uh, your wow, I'm certainly not pleased with the GOP. Not at all. I've been critical of everybody this week who's in the House. So. <laughs> you're, you're a GOP diehard, Jimmy. Um, and that's my problem with religious people in general. And it doesn't really matter whether they're Jewish or Muslim or Catholic or Protestant or Democrat or Republican. Uh, these people who have their belief systems, you put your faith in other humans, uh, you won't find that anywhere in the Bible, mm. in any of their Bibles, Jimmy. And so uh, there's one reason that we have American liberty to even start with, Jimmy. And that's because people were sick of oppression of the kings. They were sick of the religious oppression. They wanted to be free, to live as they wanted. So they founded America. Uh, Everybody else stayed back in England. They liked their queen, and they still kneel, and everybody in the world all still kneels to the kings and queens and what marvelous people. And we have here a chance, a pretty good chance. Yeah, I see. uh, Marvin. Sorry, Marvin, we're up against a hard break. Little B.B. King going on there. Look, I don't have faith in people. This is why I believe in small government. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side. I don't disagree with anything you said there, Marvin, whatsoever. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. Keep it right here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.